Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to Leroy's Library, Bangkok Lyrical Lunacy's weekly podcast where we cover our community, culture, news, events, and any relevant information regarding life here on Earth and in Bangkok. My name is Leroy Janconius III, here to serve you a soul-filling feast of poetry, music, and the rest of the collective creative output from members of our community. This week on Leroy's Library, we will examine the dynamics of the constant struggle of expectation versus reality. We'll do this by taking a look at a classic myth told all over India and all over Asia about the birth of Hanuman, one of the most worshipped deities in the Hindu and Buddhist pantheons. Along the way, you'll be treated to live recordings of poetry from our open mic show that add insight to the journey ahead where we hopefully might gain a bit of wisdom to apply to our own life experience when it comes to managing expectations. Before we dive into our story of Hanuman's birth, I want to point out that this is a story that's been told for hundreds of years, century after century, and it's been told all over the world. So the amount of derivative plots that are popular amongst different groups of people around the world is pretty big. So today, we'll take a page out of Organized Religion's playbook and tell a version of the story that fits our aims in this examination of expectation versus reality. With that said, we're going to kick this week's offering off with this poem by Michelle de Cruz, where she'll take you on a ride through the all-too-relatable experience of waking up, putting on your game face, and seizing the day. If you catch the day at waking, time stretches right across the bed, head held right beneath the surface as five minutes spreads into hours Straddled between two walls, the last faint touches of the night ebb slowly from the room. I lie still, wishing for a longer silence, but the calm is always ruptured by the ticking of the clock. Hands rush over the sheets, sending shockwaves. The surface fractures with each movement till tempered time returns to the 60 sectored line. I begin traced from a copy formed in the outline, stretch of skin and bone that must be colored in, little spots swim across my eyes, clouding my line of sight like watermarks on old film. My head has not started giving direction, but these limbs find sinewy muscle and contract in rigid bends. I can taste sour breath, feel a mouth of white film. Life begins to show itself in aches and knots and thirst. My feet touch the cold floor and I follow a choreographed routine. My hand is on the brush, eight strokes in each segment. I stand staring into the mirror, unaware that I have lived this moment approximately 9,856 times, each one a segment I taped over as I fumble with the settings, trying to capture the day just right. A day I cannot quite reach, where I wake up rested and alive, a day where I give thanks for sunshine. I stretch my body limber as the coffee bursts into the room, a day when the clock runs right on schedule. But I wake into inertia, reluctant 
to even move. So these hands, they do the work for me. They choose between cereal and toast my feet. They lead the way, fingers grasp the doorknob. I have a post-it with my lines. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine. I step out into the world, one foot before the other. I pick up the pace to fall in line. It's carpe diem, baby. But it feels more like rewind. Michelle certainly makes us reassess the phrase, good morning. The morning rituals we perform on a daily basis might seem futile and might seem repetitive, especially if the day that follows them is filled with unfulfilling experiences. We all work hard, and we usually do so with the expectation that our hard work will bear fruits of success, or at least that this hard work is fulfilling and gives us a sense of purpose. Oftentimes, though, despite constant effort and strict adherence to our duty, it's easy to slip into a cynical mind state where we fail to see the good in what's before us and see any good in what we're doing. This is the perfect juncture for us to start our story, which follows a cloud nymph named Anjana. Anjana resides in the heavens and often likes to descend to earth and venture off into the woods. One day, while frolicking about in the forest, she comes to a beautiful garden where she caught the curious sight of a monkey in deep meditation. Rather than behold the sight of this devout monk with reverence as he sat there in the lotus position, Anjana responded with a big fat LMFAO, cackling and laughing out loud incredulously at the sage. But still, the sage being as wise and patient as he was, sat there in meditation unfazed. He kept on meditating, his concentration unbroken. Anjana began to poke and prod the sage. She just couldn't accept that such a lowly creature such as a monkey could possibly have any hope to reach any kind of level of mastery of the holy arts. She started throwing fruit and stones at the monkey as he sat in meditation. Right as Anjana let a mango fly from her grip, the monk, having finally broken his meditation, opened his eyes in a fury. Hey, yo, what's really good right now? Who do you think you are? See, it was all good with the laughing and the snickering and the jeering, even, even the sticks, but you broke my meditation now and this is unforgivable. Anjana stood frozen in shock, unable to mutter so much as a single word while the monkey monk continued, oh yeah, you think I'm funny, right? Because I'm a monkey, huh? Well, I'll show you something funny. And in his anger, the monk cursed Anjana to assume the very form she ridiculed. In an instant, she began growing hair everywhere. She grew a tail, and when she looked at her reflection in the nearby river, she saw the face of a monkey looking right back at her. What had she done, she thought. She didn't expect that a monkey could really be a wise sage whose word manifests into being. Anjana prostrated herself before the monkey sage and repented for her foolish actions. The sage saw her remorse, but it was too late. See, the word of a powerful sage, once given breath, could never be reversed. It could only be amended. So the sage told Anjana her curse can be lifted, 
but only if she led her life in devotion to Shiva so that she might one day be lucky enough to give birth to his avatar. Only once she has given birth to Lord Shiva's avatar will the monkey sage's curse be lifted and Anjana revert to her original form. Anjana took the advice of the sage and spent her life wandering in the woods, performing daily rituals and praying to Shiva. One night, in a deep and dark part of the woods, she came across a community of wise men preparing for battle against a terrible monster. The villagers told Anjana that this monster terrorized their people any time they wandered into the forest. She was touched by their circumstance. Anjana agreed to fight with them and protect their home from the demon. That night, she made an offering to Shiva so that he may grant protection to this community of wise men who have been kind to her and surpassed all her expectations by offering hospitality despite her being a walking, talking monkey. She began to prepare and train for this battle. And one day, while in the armory selecting her weapon, she noticed a tall, burly figure of a man with his back turned to her. This was surely a man who carried himself as a king, she thought. He was strong, with many scars on his body, and surely he was also a valiant warrior. As he approached the man, he turned so that Anjana could see his face, and to her shock, this man who carried himself with the demeanor of a warrior king had the face of a monkey. He smiled a wry smile, introducing himself. I am Kesari, he said. I heard you're here to help vanquish the demon. This is very brave of you. She picked up her staff, responding to Kesari by pointing out the fact that he's here fighting too, so he must be quite brave himself. Kisari identified himself as king of the monkeys, explaining to Anjana that this community of wise men lived in his domain, so it is his duty to offer his protection. Once again, Anjana's expectations get upended as yet another creature of earth expands her realm of possibilities by exhibiting virtue and valiance, and at the same time, it looks like there's a bit of romantic chemistry brewing between them. Talk about unexpected. And actually, this is a good opportunity for us to take a listen to a poem by the one and only Riva, entitled Worthless Wisdom. All right. The nice men are not so good looking. Listen up. The good looking men are not nice. The nice and good looking men are not straight. <laughs> The nice, good-looking, and straight men are married. The men who are not so good-looking but are nice have no money. <laughs> the men with money who are not so good-looking and, nice, oh, and are not nice think that women are only after their money. The good-looking men without money are after women's money. Anybody? The good-looking men who are not so nice and somewhat straight, don't think that women are beautiful enough. The men who are straight, somewhat nice and have money, who think that women are beautiful enough are cowards. The men who are somewhat good-looking, somewhat nice, have some money and think God are straight, are shy and they never make the first move. <laughs> the men who never make the first move automatically lose interest in women when they take the initiative. Now who the hell understands men? 
And they always say women are hard to understand. When we left our hero Anjana, she had been turned into a monkey for ridiculing another monkey for being a monkey. Shortly after, she leads a life of devotion to the god Shiva, which brings her to a community under attack. She vows to protect these people who offered her a kindness that she refused the first monkey she encountered. And among the protectors of this village, she meets yet another monkey who leaves a lasting impression upon her with his bravery and valor. And what's more, this manly monkey king turns out to be quite the charmer. But for all the unexpected events that transpired, Anjana had no time to muse over life's surprises. It was now time to fight the demon and enter into battle. Together, Anjana and Kesari vanquished the monster. Anjana followed the divine instructions sent to her in a dream by the Lord Shiva, carried them out, and the deed was done. Shortly after, Anjana and Kisari were convinced by the wise men to marry due to their complimentary bravery and probably their matching appearance. And they wasted no time in carrying out the nuptials. Anjana and Kisari spent the rest of their days in the woods worshipping Shiva and carrying out rituals until one day came after the morning prayers. Anjana felt a strange substance fall into her hands. And shortly after, a heavenly voice arose and called from the skies, telling them that this gift sent to them by Vayu, the wind god, contains the essence of Shiva, whose spirit will resist in the baby boy she will birth after having eaten this divine pudding that the wind has delivered. Anjana eats the cosmic splooge from the heavens. She becomes pregnant with a boy who is eventually born also as a monkey, but not just any monkey. See, this boy who is given the name Hanuman will go on to perform great feats of heroism and become a symbol of faith and loyalty to people all over the world. And so Anjana, who starts off as a bully, ridiculing the monkey monk, unexpectedly falls in love with a similar monkey and becomes mother to a third who also happens to be the latest incarnation of Lord Shiva. After she gives birth to Shiva's avatar, the monkey monk's curse is lifted and Anjana assumes her original form as her character development loop comes to an end along with the story of how one of the greatest heroes in Hindu and Buddhist mythology is born. There's a lot to take away from this story and even more to take from if you read up on its variations. Anjana, who's a creature of the heavens, originally looked down upon all monkey kind. She had so much contempt towards the monkey sage she encountered that the only rational response to seeing a monkey meditating was to ridicule it. When this monkey unexpectedly flexes on her and unleashes his power, she's whisked away on an adventure that causes her to throw her expectations out the window and question everything. At the end of it all, she wins the karmic lottery and gets to carry a son who acts as the avatar of Shiva on Earth. 
This son of hers, who has the same monkey features she thought would exclude one from being holy in any way, goes on to be one of the most revered symbols of faith, loyalty, bravery, and courage, and becomes one of the greatest heroes of all history. How's that for irony? Since Anjana learned a lesson about managing expectations while also winning the karmic lottery, we'll take a look at how expectation versus reality plays out in this last poem entitled Lottery by Dominic Cartwright. Just as well you lose the lottery every week, Dominic, it would spoil you. My grandmother Omar says... I'm 16. I don't know it would spoil me. The lottery is the answer to all my problems, to all my prayers. A new house for you, <laughs> a new car for you, a new, a new, a new life for me. She was right. If I'd have won the lottery at 17, I wouldn't have made it to 18. <laughs> I had a self-destructive streak in me. Slightly less so now. Now I'd think a bit more, now I'd plan a bit. So, I've had my fingers crossed for 40 years. <laughs> Let's see this little, lose, little lottery losing streak ending. Come on, Omar. Let's have a win this week and uh, come on, let's enjoy the spending. I still buy a ticket every week and she still shakes her head every week. <laughs> we laugh about it now. I know she's right. I know I'm wrong. We smile, we make the same mistakes, and we carry on. Ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for this episode of Leroy's Library. I really hope you enjoyed navigating between expectation and reality with us. And if you enjoyed the poetry that we featured on this episode, be sure to come watch The Real Thing go down live at our open mic show. The next show is this Thursday, November the 16th, featuring women warriors of Bangkok rising. Join us at Live Lounge on Sukhumbit Soy 13. Tickets are 300 baht at the door. The first five to sign up to perform will get in free. So that's it for this week, folks. I wish you a wonderful week, and I thank you for listening, and I salute you until next Monday. We'll send you off with this wonderful song by DJ Rory Breaker Morant featuring the second floor samurais entitled, The Monkey is King. Second floor samurais. Gasara no togi joni go shotai. DJ Rory Breaker Marat, Spider Monkey on the boards. I'm a samurai gorilla, banging on my chest, leave a little chimpanzee panicking and stress, we demanding bananas, Japan out to the west, and I use brutal force, ain't brandishing a tech, goichi zero daikyo no kido isaru, sakenderu ryu wa iroiro aru, bens yori noritai no wa neko basu, ikkaru gaki wa ima mo welcome, product of the jungle, I love monkey boars, but they cutting down a tree, so my fam's gonna starve, gotta come up with a way to profit from art, cause we cannot stay in last place in Mario Kart, nankai ochitemo tachi agare, pora pora ni sare temo, Oh, 
check it out. I take a walk through the ages, talking stages, never could be confined, locked in cages. My primal urge, what the epitome of rages. If I was colorblind, I would still see racist. I search and see the human race evolve in phases. Cities or the jungles and all these places. You style and grace, don't get caught with the tasteless. If you can't face it, get caught with the facelift. I'm a primate with a prime rate mind state. Hanging from a vine, carry my weight, rhyme great. I will keep the tribe safe, don't care how long the time takes, never gonna stop. No matter what the sign states, some of these monkeys are funky's never gonna make it. Heart full of passion, but the soul is vacant. If you lose control on the road that you're taking, there's a monkey on your back and you're never gonna shake him. I'm the king of the jungle, I'm swinging from the trees If you don't look up, then you can't see me Never bend the knee to the powers that be Do or die for the tribe is the code of the free I'm the king of the jungle, swinging from the trees If you don't look up, then you can't see me Never bend the knee to the powers that be Do or die for the tribe is the code of the free